You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. I've gotten to know Charles Mugisha. He's the founder of African New Life. He's a pastor. The amount of grace that you have for, for God and people is incredible. It's challenging to me. The level of vision that comes through you from God is amazing. Um, Pastor Charles doesn't do anything small. One of the stories of Pastor Charles is he said, there's things that we can figure out how to do, but he lets God work through them. And through Africa New Life, through Pastor Charles, child sponsorships, church planting, African College of Theology, where pastors in Rwanda and the region in Africa are getting trained in the gospel, and just recently, a state-of-the-art hospital. It's an incredible thing that God is doing through this man and my friend, Charles Magisha. Would you guys welcome him to the Creek Platform? Thank you. Good morning, Creek. It's so good to be here and to be in your church. Um, I've wanted to come here for nearly two years. And at one time, I was nearly coming. I was already in the U.S., and I lost my dad. So I had to go on the play, get on the plane and go back home without coming. So this time, when the pastor gave me the invitation, I was planning to come to the U.S., and I said, I'm going to make sure I go to Creek fast before I go to any other place. So nothing, nothing derails me from not coming. And I'm excited to be here. I love it to be here. This is a third service since yesterday, and it's a great place to be. I want to thank you for your investment in African New Life Ministries and the children of Rwanda, the pastors in Rwanda, your partnership makes a big difference in what we do. And thank you for making the choice to partner with us to serve God and to build his kingdom in Rwanda. I came with our U.S. Executive Director, Alan Hotchkiss. He must be somewhere around this building. You're going to see him maybe on the table and a number of friends in this place. Uh, some of you already know what happened in Rwanda in 1994. Our nation encountered a terrible genocide, possibly compared to none apart from the, uh, the, the Jewish Holocaust. And nearly a million Tusi people were killed in the nation of Rwanda. And that moment changed the history of the entire nation. And I remember I was 26 years of age. And when I entered my own home country, I was completely broken by what I saw. There were dead bodies still smelling everywhere. Barriers were not yet complete. In fact, up to this day, they still find new mass graves, even up to today. And I remember my life completely, completely confused and broken. But what really broke me more than anything were the number of children without families, without um, parents, without food, without housing, with no future. 
And I felt like uh, I need to do something about this situation. Now, if you understood my situation at that time, I was making like $20 a week. And in the middle of that, I felt a call from God to do something about the situation. A few years later, I ended up going to Bible school to prepare myself for more ministry. And while I was in Bible school, someone gave us a gift of 200 pounds, English pounds. That's equivalent like 250 maybe dollars. And between me and my wife, we had just had our first son. And we felt there's no way we're going to have more meals, do more life with this little money without helping the children around us. And between us, we sponsored nine children and sent them to school for one year. Little did I know that out of that seed money, God, who is unlimited in all ways, he was going to do something bigger than I ever imagined him. And now I can see some of the young people we sponsored, they are in university, they are working, another one is a pastor, they are actually out there doing great things for God. Today, as I speak, at nearly 10,000 children, in fact, we reached the 10,000 child this month, are being sponsored by African New Life Ministries in Rwanda. And you guys are part of that. And we continue to see that grow. In fact, we want to grow into, we want to double in the next six years. That's our dream. We want to double what we are doing for the Lord in Rwanda. Right now, we, we are in a number of communities. We planted churches. We have started the Africa College of Theology to train pastors in Rwanda. The medical center opened up this past year. God has done great things. He's unlimited. And today, I want to introduce you to that God, this God, the God of mine, your God, the God of our Father, Jesus Christ, who is unlimited in those who believe in him and trust him to do great things in their lives. Let's pray. God, I thank you for you are our God. God, I thank you for you are in this place. I thank you, God, because you are in heaven, but your footstool is right here on earth. You have interest in heaven, and you also have interest in the affairs of the earth down here. And today, we come before you. We ask you to speak to us. Once again, God, I surrender myself to you, and I ask you to use me to encourage and to build up the faith of your children here at Creek. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I said, I'm prayed. God is in heaven. His throne is in heaven. But his footstool is right here on earth. That's what the Bible says. What a big God. What a tall God. Okay? Right there in heaven, and his footstool is right here on earth. He's concerned about the affairs of heaven, but he's also concerned about the affairs of here on earth. And he loves us. He is unlimited. Our minds can never comprehend him. In fact, if you've been trying to confine God in the circumference of your brain, you lie yourself. He's bigger than your head. 
is bigger than your, your brain. He is unlimited in all ways. Unfortunately, we sometimes limit him. And we limit him by forgetting. We forget the great things he has done. It's so strange that we have a short memory of what God has done, like short memory kind of disease. Yeah, I think that's why we have to come to church every Sunday to be reminded of God. I think that's why you are here this morning once again to be charged up, to be reminded. Let this come back to your memory that he is a great God in your life and he wants to do great things. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what kind of education you have. If God can work with me, he can work with anybody. Any, anybody. The Bible says in Psalms 78 verse 40, 43. How often they provoked him in the wilderness. That really grieves me. And grieved him in the desert. They grieved God. That's a terrible thing to do. To grieve God. Yes, again and again, they tempted God. Human beings can tempt God. How? And limited the Holy One of Israel by limiting him. They did not remember his power. They saw his power in Egypt. They saw his power when they crossed the Red Sea, when he delivered them from the land of oppression and slavery with no hope. Nobody could ever deliver them from the land of Egypt. Egypt was so strong. Pharaoh was so strong. And, uh, and, the, and the Israelite families had no hope. And God appeared in his power and he proved that he's more powerful than Pharaoh and all his armies, armies to the extent that they got them drowned in the Red Sea and he delivered them. The day when he delivered them from the enemy, when he walked signs in Egypt and wonders in the field of Zion. He is a great God. But the Bible says yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. He wanted to do more in their lives. He wanted to do more with their lives. He wanted to, to show more of his power and grace and beauty and blessing, but they kept limiting him. How did they limit him? They limited him by diminishing the expectations of the unlimited, our unlimited God. In this case, every time they had difficult circumstances, they did not believe in him that he can deliver them. They did not have hope in him that he can actually uh, change the circumstances, even after they had seen many, many miracles. When I entered Rwanda at the age of 26, yes, there were many difficulties. The country was dark. At that moment, a number of my friends and people I knew were leaving the country and looking for asylum and places to go to, and they had no hope in their own country. And, and I can't blame anybody, because it was really dark. You didn't know what next. And I felt God calling me 
in this darker place, such as you can be the lighty in this place. I came to school here in America and lived in America. And I remember when we were going back to Rwanda in 2003, my wife's uncle and the rest of the family wondered, they live in Michigan, where are you guys going? The rest of the people are coming here and you guys are going back in this place. And I felt like uh, God is not limited by war. God is not limited by poverty. God is not limited by the hopelessness in my nation. God can do great things in this country. God can lift up this nation. This nation needs to hear a prophetic voice from God saying, you guys, you can come up. I can do great things and get people to have some faith in God in prayer and trust him for the great things. And God will come out and do whatever we ask him to do for us because he is powerful. And unfortunately, we, we get limited, and there are so many things that limit us, and today I really want to be very repetitive. Okay, I want to be very repetitive. We are limited, we get limited in many ways, but I want to talk about three ways, and I'm going to be repetitive in those three ways. Number one, we fear limits God in our lives. Fear limits God. We fear to die. <laughs> we fear people. We fear critics. I remember I told a friend of mine, I'm going to build a school in Rwanda. I believe in education. Education is an equalizer. It will equalize the rich and the poor. Once you get the same education and get a good education, it doesn't matter whether you are raised up in the jungles of Africa or raised up in Fort Worth, Dallas. Man, it doesn't make the difference. You're going to make the same money because you have the same degree and have the same education. And I wanted to see poor kids get a good education and speak English like kids that go to, to good schools. We have a good school called Green Hills. I want kids at New Life to speak speak the same English, have the same education, pass this, do well just like the rich kids. And a friend of mine said, no, you cannot start a school. Only governments start a school. Individuals don't start a school. One day I want him to come to a school and see the school. is a large campus with a beautiful primary, secondary, and a high school. Our graduates are graduating and going to great universities. And some of them even coming to American schools all the way from New Life Christian School in a village called Kayonza. Our God is unlimited. He can do this anywhere for anybody who chooses to put his trust in him. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, and it says, God, by his mighty power, at work within us, is able to do far more than would ever dare to ask. Dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers and desires and thoughts or hopes. He's unlimited. 
He's unlimited in your life. But you know, fear limits us. We get afraid. We get afraid. We get afraid of taking that step. Someone possibly has been coming to church here for weeks, but he has never made that step to come here and say yes to Jesus. He's afraid. I remember going to church for three weeks. First Sunday, I heard the gospel. Second Sunday, I had the gospel. Third week, I told my mom at age 17, I'm going back to the church and I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Okay, fear broken. There are things God wants to do in your life. You have to break that fear. For someone here, maybe it's saying yes to Jesus, and that begins a miraculous journey in your life. For someone here, could be yes to going into ministry, and that will begin a new way in your life. For someone here, is saying yes to that call to do, maybe to go to Africa, or be a missionary, or start a business, or go to that school you need to go to. You know, just break the fear. Take limits of your life. Your God is not limited and God wants to work for you, through you, and he wants to use you until you say, yes to God, I am here. I want to put my faith in you, not in myself. In you, and not in my family. You know, sometimes we trust governments much more than we trust God. God says, trust in me. I'm bigger than the government. I'm bigger than the United Nations. You see, I'm bigger than all the nations put together. I'm bigger than America in you. He's a big God. He's a great God. He's a powerful God. He can't do anything in your life. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 26. But he said to them, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid of the storms in your life? Why are you afraid of the circumstances and the challenges in your life? God allows storms and challenges in your life to come for you to be able to see his power. To give you an awakening. To give you a sense of revival. To give you a sense of understanding that he is a God who is with us. He's omnipresent all the time. He's omnipowerful. He's powerful all the time. He can do anything. And then, then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was great calm. There was peace. He is a God of peace. Number two, disobedience limits God in our lives. The fundamental condition of God's blessing in the lives of his people is Obedience. And this morning, I was thinking, and I'm going to make a very radical statement, especially for some of us that have been in church for a long time. Um, and I thought eh, this morning, I said, you know, I really think obedience is more powerful than prayer. Because if you keep on praying, Without obeying God, you don't actually get anywhere. Like obeying God sometimes in very small things. 
It's that verse, I think, in Peter, which says uh, that men uh, uh, um, um, handle your, your wives with grace and careful. Uh, don't make them angry uh, so that your prayers may be answered. <laughs> It's like, okay, that's a small thing. So you keep making your wife angry and you keep praying and God doesn't answer your prayers. You know, that's really tricky. It's like you have to obey him sometimes in very small things and God will bless you. Now, let me tell you another thing I've never understood. I've never understood this. I've been a Christian for over 30 years. And uh, when I became a Christian at age 17, at the age 19, I started tithing, and I've been tithing up to this day. And my church was a village church, village than what you see, some of what you see now in Kigali. And we used to take bananas, I used to raise chicken, and my chicken would give, um, give me eggs, and I would count one, two, three, nine, and my tenth egg, I would take it to church and tithe eggs. People would tithe corn and tithe bananas and tithe goats. And, you know, I grew up tithing and bringing tithes to God, physical eggs to the house of God. You know, physical, like you carry your eggs and you count it, 20 eggs and two, you wrap them up and carry them to church. Now, I've been a pastor for some time and I've never understood why Christians don't tithe. I've never understood why. Because tithing is an act of faith and obedience. God says you do it, I do it. That's all. Come on. What's the problem? God says, do it, you do it, and see what you can do in your life. It's as simple as that. I don't, I don't get it. I've never understood it. I'm still struggling to really catch why we don't. The Bible says, in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3, observe what the Lord your God requires. Observe the word. Observe your relationship with your wife and your relationship with your children, your relationship with your community and friends. Uh, observe, observe. Uh, walk in obedience to him, to God, okay? Keep his decrees and his commands and his laws and regulations. That sounds legalistic. Thank God for Jesus and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ upon our lives that we actually can do all these regulations and laws, not legalistically, but because we love God, because we love Jesus, because God is at work in our lives. And he says, as it's written in the law of Moses, do this so that you may do what? You may prosper. In all you do, wherever you go, in all you do, wherever you go, in America, in Africa, in Asia, in Japan, in Dallas, in Fort Worth, in New York, in Michigan, everywhere you go. Okay, God says everywhere you go, I'm going to bless you. You obey me. You're going to see my unlimited power working in your life and working for you. 
You know, sometimes I tell my African friends who try to come to America. America is a great place, by the way. It's a great place. If you want to know how great is America, you want to ask my daughter, Sarah. My daughter, Sarah, was born here in the U.S. when we lived in America. And when she was little, we took her back to, to Rwanda. And the entire family went back to Rwanda to, to do ministry in Rwanda and, 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 and live there. And uh, one day, after a number of years, we brought back our kids to America. Born in America, but he raised up in Rwanda, brought them back to America. And when we reached in, in, in Washington, D.C., in the airport, Sarah went to the bathroom. And uh, when she stood off the bathroom, the toilet, the toilet flushed itself. <laughs> she had not, never seen that because normally you have to flush it with your hand. And then she went to the faucet to the top to wash her hands and water gushed out of, of, of the faucet uh, with nothing to open it. And then she turned to her mom and said, don't joke with America. But I know this is what I tell my African friends. If you are a snake in Rwanda or in Africa, you cannot become a crocodile in America. Okay? You actually have to be already a crocodile, a crocodile in Rwanda to continue to be a crocodile in America. It's all in you and the faith you have in your God. Wherever you are, all the time. God has to be powerful in your life. And you have to take off those limits. And if you come from Africa and you come to America and you are already, you are already a crocodile, you're going to be a crocodile in America. You're going to be big in America. Wherever you go, God says, I am going to go with you. Now, many times we prefer to depend on our own power. Instead of depending on God. That's why I love the Holy Spirit. I have a relationship with him, the Holy Spirit, the third person of Trinity. Because Jesus said, I'm going to the Father and I'm going to send him to you. And he's going to be with you all the time. He's going to empower you. He's going to take off limits on your life and ministries. And one of my favorite verses is Zechariah chapter 6, chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. And it says, so he say, answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zelbabel. This is what God is saying. Take off limits on God. Don't limit him. Let the power of God work in your life. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by your own measure. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? When God begins to move in your life and when you allow this unlimited God to work through you, he makes mountains plains. He makes them valleys. It's not about you. It's about God. African New Life Ministry is not about Mogisha. It's about God. And as far as I can keep on trusting him and taking limits of myself and dream, dream, big dreams for his kingdom, for his work, God will continue to do great things. He wants to do great things in your life. He says, come and believe in him. 
have faith in him. Take off limits, okay, of him. Dream big. Ask big. Make big prayers and you shall see big answers. God takes pleasure in that. He wants us to have big faith in him, not little faith. That he can stop any storm in your life. He can do anything in your life. And when you begin to see God that way, God begins to work in your life that way. This morning, before you go home, I want to challenge you to have a big vision of God. God who is in heaven. And his foot still is here on earth. His throne is in heaven. And his foot still is right here on earth. A big God working for you everywhere you go and working through your life. Number three, unbelief limits God. And I'm very repetitive intentionally. Because I really want you guys to have faith in God. Matthew 16, 58 says... And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Listen to that. He did not do. In other words, he had the potential to do them, but they did not have the capacity to receive them. God had the potential to do them. They did not have the capacity to receive them. I preach a message about to expanding your capacity to receive from God. You want to receive more from God. Expanding your capacity. Like the widow who went out and borrowed many, many bottles. And then he filled all the bottles he borrowed. And as soon as she stopped uh, 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 having enough bottles, the, uh, the oil stopped flowing. <laughs> it's that simple. Expand your capacity. Expand your capacity for more from God in every way, in your relationship with him, in your prayer uh, to him, in your trust to him, in your ministry to him, in your worship, in every area of your life. Let expand your capacity. Be more receptive. Have more space for God in your life. Have more time for God in your life. We live in a time and a season when so much crowds in our lives from sports to education to friends in my home country it's weddings there are weddings everywhere every saturday people go to weddings of people they don't know <laughs> that's the african culture they have so much that has crowded their lives let's stand up on our feet Come on, prune your life for God. Create more space for God to serve him, to follow him, to love him, uh, to, and allow him to do great things in your life. Father, I thank you for the creek. Bless this place. Bless your children. Give them the grace to have more faith and love for you. Do great miracles, signs, and wonders in this place by opening up their lives for you. Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at infothecreekfw.com. At